Today's episode of the Salmon Trout Steel Letter Podcast is brought to you by Al's Goldfish. For upcoming kokanee and trout seasons, I would recommend you take a look at the Sebago Rig, which is a gang troll with very little drag that puts off a ton of flash. So it works fantastic for putting in front of your kokanee and trout lures. Check out the Sebago Rig from Al's Goldfish. Today, I'm going to be talking to Tyler Kraft, who we've had on the podcast before. Go back and check out his episode about 360 flasher fishing for salmon. But today, we'll be uh, talking on a new subject that has been requested by a couple different podcast listeners. So today, we will be talking about covering water. And uh, so, Tyler, we just got back from, uh, from a great day of steelhead fishing and kind of, I'd say moderate to medium high flows or something like that and uh, we found steelhead in some interesting places but let's go back and talk about reading steelhead water first of all from the perspective of you just had a massive rain and the water is barely coming back into shape the visibility is low the water's high it's fast what kind of water are you going to be looking for and where are you going to look for steelhead under those high low visibility conditions uh first off usually what i'm going to try to do is find the cleanest water i can which is usually going to be up high in your river systems usually the old saying goes if the water's high fish high if the water's low fish low so if we're coming off a big rain it's just clearing up it's your first day we're able to get out you think it's going to produce I'd cruise the river, kind of drive it all as far as you can, see where your cleanest water is, start there, and then uh, typically I start fishing the edges. I mean, I'd look for corners in the river, edges, spots where fish are going to come through, maybe some rapids, be able to find a nice resting spot, and you're going to find them really close to the bank in those conditions. They're not going to be out typically where the water's low and clear across the river. In a high water event, they're going to be really close to the bank and the edges. For sure, and I've definitely seen some interesting things happen when that's the case. Like, uh, I've seen some great high water spots be like along grass lines, you know, stuff that you might ordinarily be standing on in other conditions and such. But yeah, in those uh, those high conditions, it definitely changes things, pushes them to the edges. Um, now, as the water kind of starts to drop in a little bit more, and you kind of have kind of medium high conditions say similar to what we had today now how are you going to adapt uh you're always looking for those walking speed areas i mean your walking speed is the perfect flow of water for a fish to be holding in you will find fish in some strange spots but if it's a perfect steelhead hole it's going to be a walking speed rate of water and that's typically what I look for. I mean, your classic steelhead holes are set up just like that. You're about three to six feet deep all the way through it to the tail out. And that's ideal, you know, a walking speed. And you're going to find them all throughout that. I mean, you could start off close to yourself. Like I like to work usually in a grid system where you make your short casts, medium casts, long casts. And uh, I always kind of start out with not necessarily a finesse bait, but kind of more or less a finesse bait and see if one's not out there and it's eager to bite and then maybe move to bigger objects or bigger profiles and kind of go that route and that kind of goes into the high water too that we were just talking about if it's Mm -hmm. real high water usually the bigger profile is going to be seen 
and that's what's going to work better and just stick to those edges yeah now you mentioned the um walking speed water and i know that's i know that's a a good standard thing to look for and it, it certainly can be productive but uh there's definitely a lot of cases where we're fishing faster water and if it might even be jogging speed water in in some cases like today um you know we're fishing uh kind of moderate medium high water and uh you have kind of that big wavy chop in the middle going through and then right on the edge of that it's i guess technically it's a seam but it doesn't really look like a seam it's more just like a side edge of a big chop and we were getting them in that and that was actually pretty fast yeah i mean in those scenarios they got to be somewhere and it's still going to be the slowest spot what you just described today we fished a lot of narrow runs where it's a big shoot of water it's going really fast there's some big rapids in the middle and like what you saw earlier i mean we're catching them pretty much right off the bow of the drift boat you know i pull in right next to the bank and get as close as i can to the bank so i'm not scaring the fish and typically when we do that i start up high in the hole and i'm trying to fish below myself so that way by the time we get down there we've either either caught the fish or there probably wasn't something there but not trying to scare it because in those fast water type of shoots they're not going to be in the middle of the river no fish is going to work that hard i know i wouldn't want to work that hard yeah so they're always going to be kind of laying right below you right on the edges of the fast water and that's typically what we work i mean that's what worked well for us today for sure so that's like kind of a fast water shoot situation hitting those edges right next to the fast water but not quite in it and also not too slow or too shallow either of course yeah Um, and then uh so now when it comes to you know kind of low and clear water um does the situation change at all is there certain types of water you're looking for that are any different uh when it's low and clear kind of depends about the temperature too especially in the winter time i mean summer fish you're going to catch them right up in the top of the hole in that real fast water Mm -hmm. winter fish sometimes you will but typically they're going to be kind of middle of the run or if uh, you go down towards the tail out or the middle of the hole is somewhat deep i mean when i'm fishing low clear water there's a lot of holes on my rivers that have some good depth to them that you might think is like maybe hey a salmon hole or something like that but when it's low and clear that slower water deeper water it's more areas for them to hide for them to rest and uh typically that's where we find them but it all all depends fish are always going to take the easiest path against the flow of water and steelhead especially are to me it doesn't really matter the scenario high water low water they're always going to be against the edges almost and in kind of the least amount of flow whether you're fishing a fast shoot that's narrow then it's going to be right off those big rollers that are in the middle they're going to be right off to the side in that semi-slower water or if you're fishing a a regular walking speed hole then they could be be just about anywhere yeah but uh always always trying just to cover all aspects and it's to me when you're fishing some really fast high water it's easy to pick out the points where they're not going to be because there's less slower spots for them to be and that's where you typically find them yeah yeah absolutely now um what type of water would you say steelhead don't like man that's a good question mm-hmm. steelhead are pretty friggin' amazing and you can find them in a lot of spots and 
I mean, you're not going to find them sometimes. They got to go through everything, but uh, typically yeah, you're not yeah. going to find a resting steelhead in a big set of rapids. You're not going to find them in, say, a full-on sprint running type of water. Yeah, they're always going to be looking for edges. I mean, any any tributary fish always looks for its edges. Yeah, to make its way up the river. Now, would you agree though that perhaps some of that kind of boily, churny water isn't ideal for steelhead? That perhaps uh, is more of a salmon type. Yeah, I mean, water. they're not going to hold. Not saying you can't catch them in there, but that's typically not where they're going to hold. Yeah, I mean, they every fish has to move through that. Some fish might yeah. hang out in there, and one yeah. day you might go through and you might catch one in that water. But true, you're not going to consistently catch them in that boily yeah. water. Yeah, they they tend to like that kind of consistently moving um you know water just kind of going through their gills at a consistent pace and uh whereas salmon can be totally into some of that boily water and interestingly trout as well although Mm -hmm. steelhead are just a big ocean trout but now um so you mentioned like summer fish um and kind of the heads of runs and kind of that uh you know top of the hole is that something that you see at all with low clear winter fishing that to me has a lot to do with the temperature of what we're in if it's warmer out like say high 40s 50 degrees or maybe even it's getting into early spring and we're getting maybe a 60 that can totally change you know they're gonna move around and they're not as lethargic right now where it's middle of winter today we had snow on the ground where we were at typically you're not gonna find them at the head of the hole they're gonna be working their way halfway down to the tail out i mean they're going to be laying in that little bit slower water where they don't have to work as hard they can hang out and rest and uh they could be anywhere from the edges you could catch them at the top of a run in fast water but it's going to be definitely on an edge where it slows down yeah and then as that run keeps slowing down there's going to be a, a fine line in there where there's a sweet spot and that's typically where you're going to find them yeah. and uh all the way to the tail out i mean fish love to lay right before it shallows up in a tail out that's yep. a very proven thing and even today i mean i caught one with you lucas and it was probably in two three feet of water right before it got real shallow and yeah. got tailed out in there yeah that's true and interestingly um i hooked one in what was probably only two and a half foot of water yeah two and three actually, feet and actually pretty fast moving water um in kind of a hole where they cut it could have been anywhere but it was pretty shallow what do you think is too shallow for steelhead a foot, two foot i mean i've caught yeah. i've caught some steelhead in some funky spots i've caught them in shallow spots yeah caught them everywhere today where you where you hook that fish in that two to three feet of water what's great about those spots to me which a lot of people will pass up I always look for how big of rocks are in there or boulders. I mean, if you have a lot of sizable rocks and stuff like that, there's plenty of places in that shallow riffly water for those steelhead to tuck behind and hide, and they're still not working hard. Yeah. But it's a spot that a lot of people might pass up. Yeah, so what do you like to see for um, structure in a hole? Do you like what size of rocks? Do you like boulders? Do you like logs, stuff like that? That all just depends i mean the perfect steelhead run that somebody would say is going to be probably just small river rock and you come into the head of the hole and as you come into that head of the hole it's going to just gradually get deeper into that three to six feet and then it's Mm going to tail back up but yeah 
not every river is like that and not every hole is like that and you're always just looking for that ideal holding spot in every hole and one thing that I've always told myself is you look at your river and yeah there's some ideal holes that you know will hold fish but every fish has to swim through every spot in that river and you just got to kind of figure out how to pick it apart and find where those fish are going to hold when they're in those spots and big rocks are awesome because there's a lot of good coverage for those fish to hide in log jams are cool because it's going to break up the water flow and give opportunity to fish to hide Mm -hmm. um and those medium-sized rocks are also i mean today we fished a lot of different water i mean we fished holes that were 12 feet deep with car-sized boulders in there Mm -hmm. and that holds a lot of fish and we fished a lot of runs that are two to four feet deep yeah with smaller boulders and it's just having the opportunity to find them and they could really lay in a lot of different spots and you just got to pick it apart and spend your time and 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 find the spots to get them yeah yeah no doubt um does steelhead ever surprise you where you find them oh yeah yeah i mean there's a lot of a lot of times and mainly when it comes to if you're fishing a river with a lot of boat traffic yeah boats move fish around all the time Mm -hmm. so i mean obviously people always the ideal day is you're on the river and hopefully maybe you're the only one on the river or you're at least the first boat down and there's going to be easy fish in every hole for you to catch Mm -hmm. that's what i like to call them when the fish are right where they're supposed to be and you pick off the easy ones but sometimes just like today i mean boats go by us and then we come through a hole and they move some fish around for us Mm -hmm. and that can also pay off for you know like if i'm on the river and it's a busy day my my method is kind of slow and steady let let other people go by and do their thing and ultimately you just take your time and fish what you're comfortable with and fish your style and and you're gonna find them you know and there might not be an easy fish laying right in the cream of the crop of the hole Mm -hmm. but there's gonna be a fish somewhere along the lines and one of those boats is gonna scare some more fish through because say there say a boat goes through a shallow tail out and then through some rapids and a fish was waiting in those rapids but wasn't ready to move up yet or maybe they move the fish back down but the boat's going to scare it somewhere and give you opportunity that they just didn't have yes absolutely so when it comes to um boulders uh how do you feel like steelhead relate to boulders in terms of do you find them behind them to the side of them in front of them quite a ways back or what's what, what do you kind of see You'll find them typically all around them. I mean, I think boulders are definitely fish magnets. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really like the edges and right behind. I'm sure a lot of people do. Sometimes you'll find them right in front. It just kind of depends on where the boulders are at in the hole, the speed of the water. If you're in really, really fast water, obviously behind or right to the side of the boulder is probably going to be the spot. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're in a deep hole, all around the boulder is going to be the spot, I think. Yeah. I just Boulders are fish magnets, you know. It doesn't... There's no rhyme or reason exactly where you might find them around that boulder, but it's definitely a fish magnet. For sure. Yeah, in general, um, I mean, it, it it really kind of appears it's just picking apart anything you could possibly see the chance of a steelhead being in and, and reacting uh, depending on the day. But you got your sweet spots, you got your stuff that you look for. Um, and then too fishing different methods yes i mean of course that's one thing too you like you saw today we fished very finesse style Mm -hmm. caught fish 
throwing spoons, bait, mm-hmm. jigs, beads, worms. I mean, you got to be open to try a lot of different things. And a lot of steelhead fishermen get very, very stuck in what they were taught or have confidence in. And that's totally cool. Fish whatever you have confidence in first. Yeah. But don't be afraid to try different things. Oh, absolutely. Such a huge advantage. Even even not necessarily the look of the lure itself, but just the fact that they all can fish different waters in different ways. Like the way a bead can just fish through an entire run of different depths is pretty incredible. And then the way that a jig travels just true and straight. The way a spoon swings through. The way... You can drift through a hole. It's incredible. So, yeah, approaching all those different types of water and having, I mean, I don't know how many rods you had with you today, but you had the whole tackle shop with you today, and it really allowed you to cover quite a bit of water, and that's that's huge. It's big. But, yeah, um, you know, we had a lot of fun today. Um, reading steelhead water is something that's best done with time on the water but there are some of these basic principles that Tyler's discussed here about it um, but there's some articles uh, on salmontroutsteelheader.com as well as a bunch of good information uh, in the books available at amatobooks.com highly recommend you take a look and uh, order a couple steelhead um, technique books on there that have a bunch of phenomenal information about uh, steelhead holding water, but Tyler, if you could describe to me, just describe to me the ideal run or hole. What, you know, if you can think of your favorite hole in the entire world, what's it look like? Well, you saw a few of them today, and <laughs> my my ideal hole or favorite piece to fish for steelhead is going to be that classic run where it's three to six feet deep. You have say bedrock or some boulders in there kind of to break up the water underneath the surface Mm -hmm. you have just a small amount of chop on the top not any big white water but just that little kind of wavy wavy chop and it's all that kind of walking speed or slightly maybe above walking speed but Mm -hmm. i'd say 90 percent walking speed through that whole hole yeah and to me that that is a steelhead hole. I mean, oh yeah. There's those those type of holes are going to be the ones that you will see consistently hold the fish. I mean, you might go there one day, maybe not catch anything. You could go there nine other days though, and you're going to catch fish consistently. Yeah, and that's what makes it fun. Yeah, and that was really interesting for me to learn as an angler early on uh, steelhead fishing. Before I knew about it, I kind of looked for salmon-type water because that's what I was used to and kind of thinking in terms of just the deepest possible. But, yeah, those riffly, that little bit of chop is just absolutely juicy, and you just can't see the bottom, but it's nice and green. Yeah. Yeah, it's great stuff. Well, Tyler, we're going to have to get back out on the river again soon, but appreciate uh, talking to you here real quick about reading steelhead water. And uh, like I said, today's episode was brought to you by Al's Goldfish. Coconut trout anglers, check out that Sebago rig. By the way, one little uh, trick uh, Dave from Dave's Tangle Free does is he'll run a Sebago rig with a dodger directly behind it and then a short leader to his kokanee lure, which gives all the flash of the gang troll, the Sebago rig, also with a little bit of that dodger action 
and then of course your lure behind it and it's absolutely deadly alsgoldfish.com anyway thanks uh tyler for being on the podcast and uh if you had just two colors to use for steelhead these could be jigs or beads or plugs or anything two colors what are they i'm very very simple pink and orange i saw it today <laughs> yeah. pink and orange. you can't go wrong we know that's what steelhead like and maybe vary the hues of your pink and orange mm -hmm. but pink and orange and then my one other bit of advice if i could throw something in there especially for steelhead fishing and how in the winter time we're always fighting rains low water high water mm -hmm. keep a log book and that kind of goes for any fishing keep a log book go fishing if you catch fish write down what you caught them on write down the flow of the river that way you have an idea if you don't catch fish still write all that information down yeah I mean, that that would be my biggest tip to somebody who's really trying to get into fishing or steelhead fishing in the wintertime. Keep a logbook, write down the flows of the water and the conditions outside, temperature. That way you always have something to refer to. And then you will see after maybe a season or two seasons of doing it, mm -hmm. you'll see the consistency. You'll see the spots where you consistently catch the fish at different flows. And that, that to me is it's a very easy thing to do a lot of people overlook keeping a logbook, but man that can make all the difference in having continuous success oh it's a gold mine and i bet just from all the fisheries do that you do and all the success you have um over a season i bet your logbook is an absolute gold mine so i'd like to steal it someday <laughs> and uh share it with all of you here at salmon trout steelheader Anyway, guys, thank you so much for listening. Tyler, thanks for being on the podcast, man. Thank you. All right. We'll talk to you guys soon.